Blog Talk Radio. This is the body of Christ Church. And welcome to Hendrick is the key. Is the key. Even that the blood in the church hall Don't forget about my friends in the dance hall Joy and love me have a great peace of mind And not this me want me dance I'll bring them to find Now go fast and pray Go fast and pray Till Christ and me bring them fine See she go fast and pray Go fast and pray And to the devil get me behind Me fast and pray Go fast and pray Till Christ and me bring them fine See she go fast and pray Go fast and pray the NAACP says that education is the key to boosting black men. According to an article that posted July 31st of 2011, posted by the Associated Press, says education is the key to breaking black men and youth out of a vicious cycle of crime and unemployment. African-American leaders said Thursday at the close of an annual NAACP convention. And for those of you who don't know, NAACP stands for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Okay. Uh, There's just a number of issues that face African-Americans, in particular the vicious cycle of crime and unemployment that plagues black men and youth. They cite the loss of manufacturing jobs, shrinking government jobs, and the recession as major contributors. But the primary fact decided was a low level of education, or rather, the lack thereof. It's pushing for higher education standards in urban schools where the majority of students are minorities really the key to breaking the vicious cycle of violence in prison? Will pushing our youth to strive for educational excellence keep them from becoming fodder for the criminal justice system? Or should we be looking to meet the surface of inferior education? Join us as we search the scriptures. For answers to these questions and more, I'm your host, the brother Abaja, and I have on with me this evening, as uh, this is uh, approximately 7:02 Eastern Standard Time, the brother Gadai went across the big pond in the UK. Brother, say shalom. Hey, shalom to everybody, and uh, hope everyone's prepared for a very good show tonight. All righty. So, you know, I posted a, the, uh, a link to the article in the chat room for those that want to, you know, take a look at it and see some of the points that were being brought out. And it's, it's funny because, you know, out of all of the things, even given the, I guess you could say, the, the source or the grassroots efforts where the so-called, uh, I guess you say, the civil rights movement started, which was the church, if you will, you know, it's, it's funny that, you know, they cite education as, the sole key, more or less, that is going to boost black men. And, you know, again, this, let me go ahead and state this in the beginning of the show for our listeners. This is not a show about bashing education, okay, because when you read the Bible, you see a lot of our forefathers were educated men. When you look at the example of Joseph, who was second to Pharaoh, when you look to reading the through the book of Genesis and how he came up, he was second to Pharaoh, so of course he wasn't a dummy. Then you look at Moses. As a matter of fact, I want to read a scripture about Moses. Okay? I want to read, <clears throat> where is it, Acts chapter 7 
and verses 22 and 23. And just going into the example of how the forefathers knew about Moses. But the point is, is to show you that Moses was an educated man. But the point also is that not the fact that he was an educated man, when it came time for the Lord to visit him and give him his instructions on what he was supposed to do and how he was supposed to serve the Heavenly Father, all of that wisdom basically went into its own place because the Lord is what takes precedence. And that's, what we, that's the point that we're going to find out in this show. I'm going to read real quick Acts chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. It says, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. So it's going back and citing the story of Moses of, you know, when he went to visit his brethren and going into the whole story of how he was driven out into the wilderness and the Lord came to him in the burning bush and going into the whole exodus of the children of Israel. But the point was is that Moses was not a dummy. Okay, Moses was not a thug. Moses was not talking broken, not speaking broken English and stuff. Okay. He had some degree of knowledge and education. But more importantly, he also understood where that knowledge and education, what place it had with regards to the commandments and the knowledge and wisdom of the Heavenly Father. But let's not stop there. Let's, let's look at some other examples of uh, educated men that were in the scriptures that served the Heavenly Father. Okay? You look at Mordecai, who was basically like a, a governmental aide when you read the book of Esther. You look at Daniel, the role he played when you read the book of Daniel. And uh, who was that? Um, oh, gosh, the, the three... Uh, the three brothers, it was uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known to most people as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay. All of these brothers were educated. So the thing is, when we look at it, is education a key to lifting black men? Not when you go back and read the scriptures about all those examples that I just went through, because the thing that lifted those men was the fact that they served the Heavenly Father. And you know what, Abaja? What's that? Education is the key. <laughs> but what education is it? Because uh -oh. when you look at our forefathers, they the education, the higher education that made them um, smarter than the teachers was the scriptures. And I, I want to read this. This is uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. Book of Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Because, you know, I was looking at the title of the show, and many people are educated, and even the people that's great modern leaders like Jesse Jackson, Martha Luther King, but they still were subject to sins. They still were subject to extramarital affairs. Jesse Jackson had a a, a child at a wedlock um Martin Luther King was notorious for his extramarital affairs, tapped by the FBI. So it's not the education. And then, you know, they were supposed to be teaching the word of the Lord, but they following Martin Luther King was known to follow Gandhi and his teachings, you know, which is very much going into the worship of other gods. You know, that's where he got a lot of his philosophy from. And we're not supposed right. to be going into philosophy. We're supposed to go into the scriptures. So Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter and the fifth verse, it says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, 
that you should do so in the land whether you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. So are we looked at as a wise and understanding people in 2011? No. We were looked at as a bunch of pimps and whores, people that can't get along, self-destruction amongst our community, no unity in our community. Why? Is it because uh, we need more education? No. It's we need we need the Bible. We need the Heavenly Father to sort ourselves out. That's what we need. But the, the same knowledge, what we need, what does the Bible say? What we do with the, the knowledge that we, that we so desperately need to sort ourselves out. Hosea, the fourth chapter, in the sixth verse, and it, and it reads, Hosea 4, verse 6. You want me to read it for you? Go ahead. Okay, you said uh, four and six. Yeah. Okay. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forsaken the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So what's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is a lack of knowledge. But the lack of knowledge that we so much destroyed from as a people is the scriptures, is the Bible. Because you're going to send a child to school to learn, and what they're going to learn when they're bad as hell. They run up and down the aisles. The teacher's screaming at, a lot of, uh, uh, at the top of her voice. I know. I work in a, in a school here in England. So I've seen teachers vexed out of their mind. They're about to lose. They're about to go postal. Because yep. the children are so bad behaved, where's that coming from? They're not getting that as we as black folks say in America, they ain't have no home training. Because the Bible yep. says you're supposed to train a child in the way it's supposed to go. And that way is in Christ. Christ says, Suffer not the little children to come unto me. You're supposed to teach your child about Christ. You're supposed to teach your child to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You're supposed to teach your child not to steal. You're supposed to teach your child about the biblical holy days in the scriptures. No, there's no Christmas. There's no Easter. There's no Santa Claus that's going to come down your tree. But you teach them all these lies, and they grow up with a, a, a mountain of demons on them. And people wonder why. Their, their lives are demonic and wicked. And what do you expect the children when they see their example or their parents? They're going to do the same things. They're not going to change. It's not going to be local parentis. You're going to send them to school and now the teacher become the parent? No. People have to take responsibility for their children and for what things that they're doing and what example that they're giving in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's not a good one in our community. It's not a good one. When you see young children already whining and boggling, you know, they can barely walk. And now they're dancing in a horish fashion, uh, dressed in horish attire. So where is that going to lead them? Education ain't going to take care of that. They need to be educated in the Lord. Then once they're educated in the Lord, how they're supposed to behave and conduct themselves, first learning how to honor their parents. Because if a child doesn't honor their father and their mother, how are they going to go to school and listen to the teacher? It's going to be impossible. 
It's going to be impossible. Like, you know, if they're telling their mother and their father to F off at home, what do you think they're going to say to the teacher? That's why uh, kids go to the go school and they stab the teacher, slap the teacher. You know what? So the the education, we do need education. But first, before reading, writing, and arithmetic, because a lot of the education they're given in school is a bunch of witchcraft and demonology and yoga and Harry Potter. That's foolishness and madness. That's just putting more demons and spirits on the children. And they, they love it. They know what they're doing in this education system, man. That's why they don't want the Bible in the school. Because the Bible is going to show you that the teacher's off, the school system's off, the school system's wicked, the teachers are wicked. That what? You need repentance. You need Christ. That's the option. That's the education. That's why the Lord said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What knowledge? The knowledge that God has been trying to give them for through the ages, through the ages, through the prophets, through the seers, through the disciples, through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming and telling repent for the kingdom of heaven at hand. The gospel, he's trying to teach them the good news, what they need to do to get right. But our people, they don't want to hear those things. So what? The Lord said, you destroyed why? Because you reject the knowledge. Why do we have bad marriages that produce bad children that go to school that can't learn a damn thing? Because we reject the knowledge of God. No, there's no law that I have to do. There's no law. Christ nailed it on the cross. So you get nailed on the cross. When you go looking for a job, you don't have no kind of education because your mind is so full of demons and demonic and violence and anger and hatred towards your brother, you can't get a job because you can't sit still for five minutes. You can't sit still for five minutes. You have no temperance. You have no control over your spirit. So, yes, we're destroyed. Yes, we need education, but we need the education and the counsel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to show us the light out of all of this darkness that we have in this world, all of the darkness that we have in the educational system. Because, believe it or not, you can go to school, and they'll teach, you how to, they'll teach you something about how to read. They'll teach you something about math if you listen. And then parents are supposed to reinforce that. So I'll give it back to you, bro. You know what, brother? You said a mouthful because it's actually a few points that I wanted to address um, in that, too. I want to go to Acts chapter 4 and read verses 10 through 12, just to drive the point home as far as what's going to save us. Because the thing is, is that a lot of us, over the years, our people have looked to other things to be our salvation. You know, when our people were enslaved here in the Americas, okay, North, Central, and South America, okay, our salvation was going to be the freedom to be treated as equal as our slave owners, okay, the ability to own land the ability for it not to be illegal for us to read and things of that nature. Okay, so we get those things. And now it's like, well, you know what? Things are not equal for us as far as the application of the laws of the land. We're not treated fairly. We can't vote, you know, so we have to make our own schools and all this other stuff. So we did that, and lo and behold, these things, you know, these things are accomplished, but our people are looking at those things as the salvation of what's going to save us, not realizing that the scriptures are what's going to save us. There's a couple of places I want to go. First, I want to read Acts chapter um, 4. As a matter of fact, I want to go 4 and 12. Just go straight to the point. I'll read it for you. Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven 
given among men, whereby we must be saved. So that's going straight to the point. When you read up a couple of verses, you see that it's talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom the leaders of that time had crucified according to the prophecy, but now they were given that opportunity to repent. That's what was going on there. Mm-hmm. So the disciples were letting them know, it's like, listen, neither is there salvation in any other. So at that time, when they're speaking and keeping it in context, the Lord's sacrifice, once Christ had given up his life and had ascended to the Father, that wasn't going to save them anymore. They weren't going to have salvation in that. But likewise, anything else that we try to set before the Heavenly Father in Christ, we're not going to receive salvation in, whether it be education, whether it be money, whether it be our careers, whether it be trying to get involved in politics. Those things, it says, neither is there salvation in any other, whether it be another man, because you've got a lot of our people that are out here men-worshipping. It says, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So the point is, Christ already told us that he was the door of the sheep. Meaning, I hate to say it this way, but either we coming through Christ or you ain't coming at all. There ain't no political correctness in that. Either we coming through Christ, as it is written, or we are not coming at all. And and you know what? You made a good point in, in Daniel's, how they were educated. But you know, I, I want to read that to show okay. where that wisdom and that knowledge came from. This is this is Daniel 1 and verse 17. And it says, and for these four children, that's Daniel who was, and his, and his three companions who was Hananiah of Shadrach and Mishael of Meshach and, Azar- and Azariah of Abednego. That was his three companions. So these are the four children. As, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding all visions and dreams. So where's the, where's the learning and understanding come from? It comes from the Most High. All the wisdom and understanding that we get is coming from the scriptures, and when we have that understanding, then we can understand all things. Because the Most High, who's the creator of the heaven and the earth, you don't think he knows how to work the, 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 the world and the earth works? You know, we, we have this uh, frequent visitor that's an atheist, and he says, well, look, and he's trying to discredit the Bible and the scriptures. He said, well, well, back in time, you know, they thought the world was flat. But when you read in the Bible, it tells you that the earth was round. I'll read. This is Isaiah 40 and 22. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. This is how Christopher Columbus found out. Like, wait a minute. No, this is going to, no, it's not flat. (laughs) He read the Bible. He read the scriptures. So it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreads them out as a tent to dwell in. So the Most High is all power. We're looking at him, oh, that's a fairy tale book, but it's our history. It's what's going to guide us in the path of righteousness. You read it in Acts 4. There's no other name on the heaven that we can uh, get salvation, only through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Only through him can we get understanding. Only through him can we get learning. Because you're going to learn, you're going to go to college, you're going to, be, you're going to go to some fraternity, and you're going to be a freaking fornicator. And you're going to be just as messed up with a college degree or BA or SA or whatever you have, and you're still going to be out there in, in the trap. Because look at Martha Luther King's daughter. She's a single mom. She's educated. She's, a, she's got a doctorate. She's got a doctorate. But she's a single mother. 
Why is that? That's not supposed to be according to the scriptures. She's supposed to be married. But it's a problem with our people, and the problem was we have a hatred for God. We have a hatred for his commandments. We have a hatred for Christ. So that's why we plagued and we're cursed as a people. And just being getting an education in high school, education or college, that's not, that's not good enough alone by itself. Back to you, bro. You know what? Let me. Uh, I just want to read uh, one of the comments that was left in the article, um, and and this is really what kind of sparked me to actually use this as a topic for the show. And the name of this guy was Mel Campbell, and it says every issue mentioned in the article, including education, is a moral issue, and he has moral capitalized. Hmm. He says mm-hmm. our problem in the African American community today and the country at large is attempting to solve moral dilemmas with socio political and socioeconomic solutions. These are profound issues of the heart, of the soul and spirit of our people. And they have the exclamation point under there. Why? This is capitalized. Why should I get an education and career? Why should I accept that marriage is until death do us part? Why should I accept that there is a God that I must answer to? Answer these deeper questions satisfactorily, and deep healing will come to our community. I'm praying for my people. Somebody got some sense. Mm-hmm. Somebody got some sense. Because you know what? Because now go ahead. I was, I was, I was speaking to Akari about it today. Our people, we do well in struggle. We do not do well when we, when the Lord blesses us a little bit. <laughs> when someone is beaten, burning, hanging us, then we want to serve the Lord. Then we want to seek out Him and seek out His name. That's what that. Then we want to look to him and say, Lord, help us. We will follow. We do anything you tell us to do, Lord. What you want us to do? What you, what you want us to do? You want us to pray? You want us to fast? You want us to keep the Sabbath? You want us to keep these commandments? Mm-hmm. Then we'll do it. But let there be no dogs lynching, no water holding, no police brutality. Nah, nah. Then we turn on one another. Mm-hmm. But, you know what? We got a visitor that wants to chime in. Hello, uh, visitor. You on the line with us? Hey, shalom, brothers. That's hey, right. shalom. I'm almost disappointed that you didn't call me for this show. I saw the uh, message, but uh, go ahead. You you made a point, but I just want to read another scripture to go into this this similar point. Because our people are really looking for what they're looking for when they talk about bettering our community. They're looking just to have really what the scriptures describe as the kingdom of heaven, where you can trust your neighbors, where we're living in peace, where we're living righteously, where you cannot you can let your kids walk down the street, not worry about them getting raped or killed or whatever have you. But that's not going to happen, and you already hit the first point, unless we do what? Repent. And you hit the second point, which is you said, unless we go through Christ, things aren't going to get better amongst our people. So I just want to read this real quick. And we read it often, and we always use it when we're talking about religions, but we have to understand that this also applies to the, our people trying to better themselves. And this is Matthew 7 and 13. It says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and now is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So our people want to go all kinds of routes 
to get to where we're really supposed to be. They want to go through education. They want to go through better jobs. They want to go through job training. They want to go through the Black Panthers. They want to go through the Muslims. They want to go through all these different ways. When the answer to bettering our community, the answer to getting ourselves together, the answer to getting rid of crime and rape and murder and pillaging in our communities is by us doing what is said right here, entering in at the straight gate. That straight gate is talking about Christ. And if we enter in through Christ, where we start working to do the things that's right according to the Scriptures and deal according to the Scriptures, then all those other ways that our people are trying to go to try to better themselves, they'll leave that alone. They're not going to try to go the education route to try to better themselves. They're going to go the education route after they already have Christ established in their lives, and then they'll know what they're dealing with as they go through it. Because like you all said, education is corrupt. And me being a teacher, I know that education is corrupt. They teach the kids things that are contrary to the scriptures. They'll tell you things like, like for example, I had a daughter and her teacher um, you know, I teach my children the commandments about not celebrating Christmas and Easter and so forth. And one of the teachers was, like, talking to her and told her, well, when you get older, you can make your own choices. What kind of madness is that? The scriptures tell you train up your child in the way that she, he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. But what it is is in this system, they want you to be a part of what they're doing. And they want you to be as corrupt as they are. So they put those options out there and tell the kids things that are contrary in the name of what? Making a choice of being grown and responsible when actually a lot of times what they're teaching them is to follow Satan. Exactly. And you know what I, what I find is that brothers and sisters that's teaching their children the commandments in the Bible, they excel in school. They excel in school. They're, they're better behaved. They get better grades because they're there to go to school and listen, not go to school and cause havoc and disaster and mayhem. Huh. It, you know what? Just going back to the scripture that, uh, that the brother read earlier in Matthew 7, I'm going to read 7 and 13 to bring out another point. It says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. So, the hard reality, the harsh truth, and it ain't harsh, but the, the, it's, it's sad. It's already telling you that many people are going to look at this Bible. Many people are going to hear these words, and they're going to scoff at them. Many people are going to hear these words and say, well, oh, well, that was for back then. You need to come up into the new days and times. This is the new age. You need to be in the here and now. That, that, <coughs> excuse me, that Bible is archaic. Oh, well, I don't believe in a puffing of uh, smoke in the sky God. Christ already told us many people are going to choose that wide and broad way that leads to destruction. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not going to be a lot of people that choose Christ. Well, it's that's really the understanding true. that we need to have up front. A lot of people are not going to choose Christ. They're going to choose the broad and the wide way. Go ahead, Bob. It's really it's really simple. You know, the Bible teaches many commandments. But people, they'll rather do the commandments of men than do the Oh, that Bible, what are you doing that Bible? The Bible teaches you, thou shalt not steal. That's something honorable that you teach your child. The Bible teaches you to honor your father and your mother. And see, those ten commandments, Christ said two commandments. On these two commandments 
loving the Heavenly Father with all your heart and your soul, and loving your neighbor as yourself, on these two commandments hang all the laws. So there's other laws that go and govern how you're supposed to deal with other people's parents. When you read in Leviticus, it tells you to fear every man his father and his mother. So when you see somebody else's father and mother, you're supposed to have that same fear and honor as if you were speaking to your father and mother. You don't roll up as a child, roll up and say, hey, what's going on? I'll F you in your face. I'll knock you out. No, that's why Alicia called those she-bears, and they came and ate those children up because they were off, and the Lord killed them and destroyed them. So that's what's happening to many of our children. They're disrespectful, they're dishonorable, and they're a cursed generation. The Lord doesn't love that. That's why many of them are carrying guns, shooting one another. Why? Their parents are not dealing with them correctly. Their parents are not dealing with them correctly because many of the street violence can stop. All the parents go and grab their kids. They get they get a, a couple of, of, of brave men from the community that's supposed to do what the Bible says, be a father to the fatherless, and says, that's not my kid, that's not my baby. No, the Lord told us to be a father to the fatherless. You see a fatherless child, you're supposed to deal with that child. And I know many brothers that do, that deal with many children that's not theirs. They see them out of order, or they deal with them, they spend time with them. It's not their children, but they spend time with them to show them what the Bible is saying and what's right. Because they're not going to get it in, in, in education. And I know for my children, I have children, they go to school. And like, oh, well, look, she stole, she got, she got to be punished. Oh, well, you know, it's a phase. Oh, no, when, when, when they get older and grow up, ain't gonna be, the police ain't going to say, well, it's a phase that you were going through. We're going to give you a slap on the wrist. They're going to give you a billy club on your head. Then they're going to put you in jail. Then you're going to have a record. Then you're not going to be able to get a job. Then you're going to go and do that stuff again, and it's going to repeat the cycle. You're not people crying, oh, police brutality. You had a gun trying to rob somebody in their house, and you're talking about education as well. You're crazy. And Godawan, real quick, just to back up what you just said, um, one of the points is this is Leviticus 19 and 32. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, and honor the face of the old man, and fear thy God, I am the Lord. So that hoary head is talking about white hairs on the head, which is referring to our age and our elderly. It's telling us, the adults all the way down to the children, that you're supposed to honor that. You're not supposed to be out there disrespecting them, cursing them out, and all the things that you see going on with the youth today. Because you have some older teachers where the kids will sit there in the classroom and just disrespect them. And and that's not according to the scriptures. And when I say disrespect, curse them out like they would curse out a teenager on the street. They talking to old people like that. And then like, oh, sit your old A down, man. Ain't nobody listening to you. And these are fifth and sixth graders. Wow. Well, I've, uh, you know, I work in the school with IT, so I'm all around dealing with the computer. So I'm in in certain areas with administration, and you have the students, they roll up, hey, I want this, and I look at, uh, sorry, excuse me, and they're like, oh. But see, that's what everyone needs to do. They're not, oh, well, they're, like, they're children, and they have to express themselves, but not dis- express yourself, but not in a disrespectful manner. We couldn't do that when we were growing up. You find your lips on the ground. You need, <laughs> you need nip tuck to put them back on. See, there's no order. You know, there's no there's no knowledge of God in the land. There's too much Harry Potter in the school. There's too much of this twilight in the school. 
There's too much of this witchcraft in the school. They put all of that stuff in the school, and they don't want to put the Bible. They put Christmas in there because that's satanic as hell. They put Easter in the school because that's satanic as hell. So education on its own is not going to, education at all is not going to save our people. Our people have a moral problem with the Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ, and that's where we need to go to solve it. Once we do that, everything will fall into line. But we don't want to do that because we want to party, we want to go to the club, we want to get our freak on. Everything that the TV is saying that's wrong, that's what we want to do. Everything that's God saying, no, nah, I don't want to do that truth. You know what, let's go to a short break and we're going to come back and continue on this topic because I want to actually touch on some of the scriptures going into why this is happening just to drive the point home even further because people don't understand that the Heavenly Father already told us way back when we were in Egypt what was going to happen if we disregarded his knowledge and his education. So y'all stay tuned. People murdering, killing in this society. Bodies are falling on every single side of me. Rapists are running rampant, so what a drug addict. We're living in the last days of the final madness. Teenage mothers giving birth to rebellious children. Rebellious children hate their brothers, and then they kill them. Wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilence, evidence, 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 evidence. That it's hard time to awake out of your sleeping state. Before Christ returns to set these wicked demons straight. So tune in to blogtoradio.com. Wanting to better themselves, 
or learn a skill or a trade or earn a degree. But we have to know and understand that when you look at the examples of our forefathers in the scriptures who were also educated during that time period that they lived in, the foremost education that they had was the laws, statutes, and commandments of their Heavenly Father. That was the foundation that they had which even allowed them to even do the things that they did and be mentioned in the Holy Scriptures. And it made, so them, powerful. It made them powerful in the lands. Look at Joseph. Oh, he didn't get, he didn't get to be second over Egypt because he was just, you know, he's a smart guy, he's an intelligent guy. He let him know this is because of the Lord. Go ahead, bro. Right, and just real quick, I want to read a, um, a scripture out of Proverbs. And it says, this is Proverbs chapter, because I had a few of them lined up here. It's, um, give me one second. Here we go. Proverbs 13 and 15. It says, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Mm-hmm. So we know and understand good understanding Okay, now let's look at it on the, on the surface level when we're talking about so-called educational systems. When you are getting good grades and all this other stuff and you have a good understanding of your topic, then, yeah, you're going to have favor in that class or that endeavor what you're trying to do. If you want to, you know, basically take the time to learn that stuff and apply yourself, then, yeah, you're going to receive favor. You're going to advance. But on the flip side, it says that transgressors have a hard way. So basically, if you don't want to apply yourself, you don't want to follow the rules, then, yeah, you're going to have a hard time. But let's look beneath the surface. When we look beneath the surface to what is the real, the root cause of all of this madness that we're experiencing, a good understanding and the favor that we're going to get is by applying the scriptures. Because by us applying the scriptures, we're going to have temperance. We're going to learn patience. We're going to apply the other fruits of the spirit, of the spirit such as charity. And by us being that example in that household and teaching our children those things, and guess what? Our children are going to learn how to behave. Because right. one of the primary things that's keeping the the the, uh, the education all jacked up, you know, is making it jacked up. The teachers can't do their job because they're having to freaking be the parents. Mm-hmm. Can I read this? They can't even enforce discipline, but so much in the classroom. It's supposed to start at home. Go ahead, brother. So this is a. Uh... Proverbs 13 and 16. It says, Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. See, a lot of kids, they go to The scriptures tell you that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. So a lot of kids, what are they going to school? Playing the damn fool. Going in there, cutting the fool, as they would say down south. He said, Why are you cutting the fool, boy? Stop cutting the fool. But many parents, when the when the teacher tells your child is misbehaved in the class, Mr. Johnson, your class, your 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 child, your son was cutting a fool, or he was doing this, he was misbehaving in the class. Why are you talking to my child that way? You shouldn't be you should be disciplining my child. No, you should be right there with yeah, he was yeah. I'm gonna get him too. Don't worry, don't worry, Mr. So and So. I'm gonna take care of that problem. That's what's supposed to happen. This child like, damn, I'm not doing that again. Because that, that's what happened to me. You know, don't uh, Look, he didn't bring in his homework. I was like, yeah, he didn't bring in his homework? Okay, no problem. Went home, got dealt with, got that chastisement, got that good loving. Next time, homework was on time, nice and neat and complete. 
See, that's what our people don't. Oh no, you know they're gonna call and social services or do that. The scriptures tell you how to do all of that and rear your child. First, your child have to be in a stable environment. But many of our people, they're going out to get their freak on. Then they have a baby. Then they're mad at the father. The father's mad at the mother because he can't see the child. And it's a vicious cycle. When the Bible says marriage is honorable and all, and a lot of times our people we won't even get married. I yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hit it, but I ain't marrying her. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with our people? Then you want to call her a whore. Then you want to call him a dog. You know, it's a vicious cycle, and we really need the Lord. Really, really, really bad. You know what? Let, let's prove that. I want to go to Deuteronomy 28, and I'm going to start in 28. I'm going to start at verse 9. Okay, I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. It says, The Lord shall establish thee in holy people unto himself, as he, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall excuse me, and all the people of the earth shall see thou see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. So the Lord was saying that the fear that people on the earth were going to have of us was going to be a result of the fact that we followed him and that his protection was upon us. But now when they see it, it's like, oh, that so and so, that N word is oh, he's gonna get ready to rob me. Oh, I better not get too close, I might catch something. They might try and steal from me. That's why people are afraid of black men. It's because of all of the bad examples that are out there. They're yeah. not afraid of us because because we fear the Lord. They're afraid of us because we are wicked and unrepentant. Absolutely. And now we're receiving the judgment of the Heavenly Father. And even going into the stable environment. Deuteronomy twenty eight and fifty four. Let's, let's see, let's see, let's see what what, what the scriptures say. Deuteronomy twenty eight, verse fifty four. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate his eyes shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave. These are the curses that the Lord was talking about on, that would fall on, on our people if we broke his commandments. And people want to say that this Bible ain't true. He told you right here that one of the curses that we were going to be suffering is that the men were going to be treating the women horribly and badly and also that what? The remnant of his children, which he shall leave. That's why the fathers are not in the houses. That's why the fathers are not raising their children. You think it's, oh, well, he's just lazy and no good. No, he's wicked and evil. And those are things that we are going to do when we don't regard the commandments of the Heavenly Father. Because the Lord tells us it's a shame for a father not to leave an inheritance for his son. The scriptures tell us about how the children will complain of an ungodly father. And even when you look throughout the scriptures, the, the the honor that a household or a family got was because the men were righteous. But now we change that honor into dishonor by saying that, oh, well, I'm a pimp, I'm a player, I'm a hustler, I'm a G, I'm a D-boy, and all this other stuff. That's the stuff we're getting honor for now. But let's read on. Let me jump down to verse 56. It says, The tender and delicate woman among you, which would not have ventured to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness, her eyes shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom and toward her son and toward her daughter. So, black men, you wonder why you're catching so much hell from the black woman? Because we as black men are not standing up for the Most High in Christ. Mm-hmm. We want the woman to be submissive to us, but we're not submissive to the Lord. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. But there is hope. 
I want to go to Second Timothy chapter one, and I'm gonna read verses three through five. <laughs> okay, because even though a lot of us may come from so-called broken homes or single-parent homes, or not even have a parent, but raised by grandmama or auntie or whoever. Okay, because you have one example where uh, I think yeah, the Book of Esther. Mordecai was her um, was her uncle because her parents had died. He raised her. Mm-hmm. Going right back to the example of being a father to the fatherless. But also, let's see the example that Paul, how he dealt with Timothy and the foundation and the education that Timothy had. Second Timothy 1 and 3. It says, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. And here is the point. And this is why he was filled with joy. Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So it's going to show you, when you read in the scriptures, you find out that Timothy's father was a Greek, meaning that he was somebody that was out there following the ways, the lifestyles, and the customs of the Greeks. But his mother and his grandmother feared the heavenly feared the heavenly father. And when they came to the knowledge of Christ, they learned of Christ and applied that as well. That's mm-hmm. where it started. So the fact that you that we may have single parent households, that's still not an excuse. It's showing you that the example has to start in the home with the parents. The mm-hmm. parents are responsible for establishing that stable household. And understanding that the reason why our homes are broken up, we just read it in Deuteronomy. It already told you that the fathers were going to leave the children. It already told you that the mothers were going to, that I were going to be evil toward their sons and daughters, which is why you have, and this ain't talking about just child abuse, because that evil goes into teaching those kids all those philosophies and those vain religions too. Teaching them that, oh, your salvation is going to be in getting your college degree. No, it's not. And for all those people that are simple, listen to and understand what, what we're saying and what the scriptures are saying. Because, yes, you know what? education has its place, but it does not supersede the knowledge and understanding of the scriptures. It's not just teaching them the philosophies. It's rejecting to teach them the Bible as well. I mean, I've heard it out of people's mouth. I don't want my child to know the Bible. I want my child to fear God. You don't want to be, what are, why want to be afraid of God for? I've heard people like, look, you know, yeah, my son could come to visit, but he can't bring the Bible. You can't bring the Bible to my house. Right. Don't you already have a Bible in your house? Aren't you West Indian? Or most West Indians have a Bible in their house somewhere, you know? Yeah. If it's not in their house, it's in their mama's house or somebody's house, you know? So you say you don't want to That's how kind of demons and spirits that our people have to exercise of themselves through the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Otherwise, it's going to be a perpetuating, vicious cycle that has already been. Women hate the men. The men hate the women. The women hate the children. The men hate the children, and it's just a cycle that continues. Look, when you grow up, your father wasn't nothing. You ain't going to be nothing. And who's saying that? The mother to the child. <laughs> so what? You grow up believing that. But what are we supposed to teach our children? Because you know what? A lot of the problem is we keep saying it's the parents who teach them because they, the parents should be teaching their children at home. And when they go to the school, that reading and arithmetic should be easy because they already got a moral foundation from the scriptures. 
But the problem is a lot of people they don't teach they expect they expect the teachers to teach their children everything. Morals, religion, everything. How they're supposed to be in society, everything. Then when they come home, they put them in front of the TV. And what are they watching? Dennis the Menace. What are, what are they watching? Tom and Jerry. What are they watching? All these demonic programs on TV t- teaching children how to be dis- uh, how to be mischievous, how to uh, have boyfriends and girlfriends, introducing them into sex, introducing them into witchcraft. But I'm gonna read this. This is this is Deuteronomy six verse four. We're gonna we're gonna see what the Lord has to say about this. I'll start from three. He says, Hear therefore Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers have promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. So that's what the Lord has stored up for us, but we didn't want that. We wanted to do what the other people were doing. And that's what we're trying to do in America and all the world. We're trying to be like how the other people, let's be American. We're not American. We were brought here as a punishment. Don't you see we've been punished for hundreds of years? And the same education that they've given us is to destroy us. So the Lord said, what here? What's going to be make well with us? Verse 4 says, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. So for all the, the Old Testament hating Christians, these are the same scriptures that Christ was quoting in the New Testament when he said, what is the, what is the great law and the commandment? We just read it. He quoted Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What's that? Every day you're supposed to teach your children commandments, not to steal, not to have any other gods before me, because there's many gods in this world. You see, the Greeks and the Romans, that's where you get Western civilization from. They haven't forgotten their gods. They carried the same gods that the Greeks and Romans were worshiping, over to now today, the same gods you got in Christmas, you got in Easter. They haven't changed. It's still Zeus. It's still Apollo. It's still Diana. They just changed it to Easter. It's still Zeus. It's still Horus, the worship of the sun. They just changed it to Christmas. So we're supposed to serve the Lord our God and teach our children the commandments of the Lord diligently and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontless between thy eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gate. So we're supposed to be fully immersed in the commandments of the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. But instead, we're fully immersed in wickedness. We're fully immersed in darkness and hatred, and envy, and malice, and jealousy. That's what we covet. That's what we want. Yeah, I'm going to be a gangster. I'm an OG. Yeah, I'm going to go out and blast this kid. You know, he should have never talked to me. Christ says we're supposed to be able to settle our differences. We're supposed to be as little children. We're supposed to love one another even as he loved us. Christ, he, he had all the power 
He could have destroyed people. He could have called down fire from heaven. Many times people were going to kill him and put him to death, and he walked away. He had the power to turn him to dust. He walked away. Back to you, bro. You know what? Just real quick, let's see, we got about uh, eight minutes left. I got a couple of places I want to go just to bring out some other things. I want to go to Jeremiah. I'm going to read chapter two, and I'm going to read verses four and verses five, and I'm going to jump down further. This is Jeremiah two and four. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord. What iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain? For the Most High is asking a question to Israel, saying, listen, what iniquity, what wrong have I done that your fathers have strayed away from me and gone after other gods? Mm-hmm. What wrong have I done that your people have gone away from the commandments? And he hasn't done any wrong. We have done wrong. And it tells you that when you read Hebrews, it says, for finding fault with them. We've done it wrong. But let's jump down to verse 9. It says, I'm in the same chapter, Jeremiah 2, verse 9. Wherefore, I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and your children's, and with your children's children will I plead. And how is the Lord pleading with us? By putting us in captivity. How is the Lord pleading with us? By allowing us to, to be put to death at the hands of our enemies. And more importantly, we, put, we are put, putting ourselves to death. By, by the hands of our own people And it's going to tell us that as we read on It says For pass over the isles of Kittim and see And send unto Kedar And consider diligently And see if there be such a thing Hath a nation changed their gods Which are yet no gods But my people have changed their glory For that which does not profit So when you look at the other nations The other nations are doing what they're supposed to do the other nations in the scriptures tell you that all the gods of nations are idols. So it doesn't matter if they want to switch from any other religion to another form of philosophy or whatever. It's all the same to the Most High. They worship devils. The scriptures tell you that. Absolutely. But, but Israel, and I, I'll get that in a second just to drive that point home as well. As a matter of fact, Psalms 96 and 5. Let me just go there. I got it for you. Real quick. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Psalms 96. Psalm, Psalms 96 and 5, for all the gods of the nations are idols, for the Lord made the heavens. Exactly. It says, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. But hold on, maybe that was just the Old Testament. Let me go to 1 Corinthians 16 and 23, just to make sure that we all, oh, well, you're just reading the Old Testament. I ain't what it say. God loves everybody. Everybody can find a path to God. No, that's blasphemy. 1 Corinthians 16 Verse 23, it says, <clears throat> it says, the grace of our Lord, hold on, I think I may have misplaced my, um, my script. You want 10, I, I think you want 10. 10 and 20, I read it. But All I right, say the ahead. things, this is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 20, it says, but I say the yeah. things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God, and I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. So this is going right back to the point. Nothing has changed from the Old Testament to after Christ had come and died for our sins. If anything, the way has been made more plain to let us know that we're not even supposed to be dealing with that stuff. But now let's go back to Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. So he says, for my people, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm back 2 and 11. It says, have a nation changed their gods, which are, not, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. 
because our people, we want to walk away from the Heavenly Father. We don't want to keep his commandments. We want to walk after our own mind. We want to do what everybody else knows in the world is doing. The Lord gave us his commandments and told us that it would be well with us if we followed his ways. But we said, no, Lord, we don't want that. We're not going to follow that. And all of those things that we follow after that we trust in to receive salvation and that we basically set above the keeping the commandments of the Lord and following and repenting through Christ, the Lord told us we have changed that glory into those things that that are not going to profit us. Verse 12, be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Afraid, Be very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. I know you got a call on it, too. I know you got a call on it, Yeah, go ahead and bring him in. Hello, caller from uh, 314. You're on the air. Hey, I was going to ask you a question. I heard you read there where it says that the guys of other nations are idle. And Correct. The, the Hebrew Israelites claim the God of the Bible is being their God, especially blacks, Africans. So I ask you this question. These other nations say your God is an idol too. And it looks, and as it has always been throughout history, that was settled by whoever could bring it. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I hear what you're saying And I hear what they are saying So the question is Are you willing to bring it Because the gods of those other nations That gods has sent their people out Into your community Where they're taking your dollars And gasoline and food And Chinese food They're taking your dollars and hair the gods of a nation are taking care of your women and your children because your men have left them. So are you willing to bring it? Let's bring it. First of all, uh, to answer your question directly, go ahead, good Godwin, because I'm going to do the right in 28. First of all, the Lord, the, the, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Abadji. Because first of all, the gods of the other nations didn't do jack. Okay, let's get that straight. Deuteronomy 28. Because you want to know who sent those people into amongst us and it was going to overtake us and put us in subjection and slavery? The Heavenly Father did that. The God for the nation oh, yeah. didn't do anything. And we're going to read that. Deuteronomy 28. And real quickly, if I can't find it, uh, Godiah, will you find it for me? Okay. This is uh, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 43. It says, The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high. And thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee till thou be destroyed. Because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder. And upon thy seed forever, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee, in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness 
and it was one of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until ye have been destroyed. So the Lord did this. So when we want food, clothing, water, education, who do we have to go to? The same people that enslaved us. When you look at in our communities, who's in our communities prosperous? It's not us. They're in that within our communities. They've got up very high, and we're down very low. They lend to us, but we're not lending to them. 